Well, g'day and welcome to the Cigarbox Guitar Builder podcast. This is episode 19 and uh, today we're very lucky to have Shane Soul. How are you, Shane? Good, mate. Yourself, Adam? Mate, I am doing very, very well. Fantastic. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, a video chat um, is a good way to go, my friend. That's it. That's it. Um, Mark, unfortunately, can't be with us today. He's sporting... Um, He's just ill. Let's just say he's just very ill today. Yeah, we'll agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Let's say it might be legitimately ill or it might be self-inflicted ill. Yes, I, I'm, I'm thinking more self-inflicted. It's Sunday, mate. A lot of people don't do Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shane, cigar box guitars, mate, I suppose I... Um, I've only really just found you in a way. It's it's I don't know how you've how you slipped under my radar because I tend to kind of you know try and catch up with everybody as, as as many people as I can who build cigar box guitars. And I actually kind of found you through uh, through Mark and um, through I think through Instagram actually. And um, and you t- you tend to do a fair bit with Instagram. And uh, I did find you, and you're one of those very rare breed of cigar box guitar builder who um, has a shop. Yeah, look, Adam, I believe it's the only shop in Australia, and I've only been told about one other in the world, and that's in Perth. Uh, not in Perth, sorry, uh, over in Paris. Um, I'm lucky I got the shop. I got the shop. Uh, for 50 bucks a week many, many years ago. It's into it sixth year now, and I guess for me, Adam, I'm under the radar for everybody because I'm basically flat out building guitars all day, every day. Uh, I don't have time to, to play and look on forum pages. I don't have time to, uh, you know, research stuff and that. I, I work it out and I do it my way. Uh, I've been building like 25 years plus. Uh, with the shop, I would build on average around 300 to 350 guitars a year. So uh, I don't have any time to sort of play on the net. And I only recently discovered Instagram, and uh, I just thought, well, I'll give that a bell, and that's where you picked me up. Ah, it's a handy medium. I mean, it is. It is quite. Uh, it is a handy kind of. Um uh, not just for cigar box guitar builders, but also for you know for other instrument builders. I mean, I I, I personally am crazy about you know standard electric guitars and acoustic guitars as well as cigar box guitars. I've been you know playing for twenty years before uh, I got into um, building cigar box guitars myself. But um, what's what's your story? What's your backstory? And where how did you how did you get into it? Uh, look, um, it mixes in with my past with community radio and. I've been involved in the Australian blues and roots music industry now for well over 35 years. Um, uh, I know pretty well every blues performer in Australia as a mate, and uh, a lot of them got my instruments over 15 years ago. Um, I've uh, sort of been in the industry all along, and then... Uh, Muddy Puddles came along and um, Salty Dog came along and they were both playing um, one-string, two-string and three-string guitars. Yeah. Uh, During my research for a a 20-part blues documentary series on the great blues legends, they all had a little sentence that said, learnt on a cigar box guitar, and uh, that intrigued me. I came home straight away after seeing Stringy Bark McDowell's uh, one stringer and built my own out of a um, fence paling yep. and a uh, crushed beer can for a bridge and I mucked about playing that for about two or three years and then uh, came up with my first Arnott's biscuit tin and 
Um, that was probably 24 or so years ago that first time its biscuit tin came uh, into the guitar circuit. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the builder's circuit sort of thing, and it's been a staple guitar of mine ever since. Um, I built up to 16 a week of those. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just that they're they're lovely guitars. One of the things I do love about Instagram is that the the pictures that the you know being able to actually see what other builders are doing and and seeing like your own work and the work that's coming out you know of your of your shop. I do I see tend to see more of and this is only having said that it's only because I've just I've only really just met you um, or, or discovered you in my own way. Um, it seems to me that you at the moment you're building more of the of the biscuit tin um, styles of guitars than the than the uh, cigar box guitars. Would that be, would I be right there or? Well, Adam, I go through um, just as many cigar boxes. I have I have two base models: the biscuit tin or the cigar box, and they're both a basic guitar with the piezo. Yep. Uh, they both retail at $180, and from there, I go up to a guitar around 250 that has a, just one basic pickup in it. Yep. Uh, then I move up to sort of more more high-tech, the price goes up. Um, now, what I have to do, the trap with the shop is that you regularly have to keep those biscuit tins and cigar boxes happening. Yep. So all of your building from that point on is about how much of what you've got in the shop. Yeah. Um, where I'm heading now, which is um, some of the bar time stuff you would have seen and the resonator on Instagram, uh, yeah. where I'm using really weathered timbers in the neck, in the bodies, and um, I'm doing fretboards with really weathered fence palings that have got nails, rusty nails for fret dots. and Yeah. And stuff, but I, I don't get enough time to build that stuff that I love doing yeah. and where my own personal growth is. Um, I'm flat out building biscuit tins and cigar boxes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, a wheel you get trapped in. And from there, I guess what I want to expand, I, I did tell you I, I had a bit of news I wanted to bring to the cigar box industry this week. Yeah. It's basically I'm getting tired and... Um, I've ran the shop for six years, and what I'd like to do is open the shop up to other builders so that the shops are um, brand names. It's not just my 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 guitars. I want I want your brand in there, and I want Crazy Cats in there, and and be known for that one shop in Australia that has everybody's brands. That's a fantastic idea. And that way, um, I don't have to build so many guitars to fill the shop. Yeah. And on the other part of that, what I want to then invite the builders that do have their stock in my shop is to come to Yakandana once a year and have a week's holiday and run the shop yourself. Sit out and meet the people, play in the street, you know, just have a really grouse cigar box holiday Yeah. Uh, where your life will be all about cigar box guitars, you know, and I think um, a few of us down here in Victoria have put on cigar box guitar festivals. Um, we've had three now. Yeah. It really would be good if the rest of the cigar box building industry got behind it and got together on those weekends. As Mark will tell you, when we all got together in uh, Bendigo 18 months, two years ago, yeah. we formed lifelong friendships you yeah. know, amongst the builders. And it really is important to get out there and mix it up with other builders and talk to them. Yeah. Throw ears around, see what they're doing, learn different ways. You know, it's not all about finding out on a forum page. There's a, um, a great lifestyle behind cigar box guitars in this country. Um, get out there and live it and love it, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, even the small amount that I... Because, I, I mean, personally, I'm a, um, I'm a full-time teacher. I'm a primary school teacher. So I usually yeah. get... 
myself, I mean, the people who listen to this kind of know my story. I won't go on too much about it, but I, I usually get about an hour a day building time and a little bit extra and extra time on the weekends to kind of do what I love. But um, it's through the markets that I met other people like, you know, Peter Vivas up here in the mountains. Um, uh, there's another bloke named Richard up here who's been building for, for, for donkeys as well. And then, um, you know, so there's a lot of local builders around uh, this area in the Blue Mountains as well that I've gotten to know. Um, but because I, this is kind of a, a job where I don't get the opportunity to go out and do those extra things i mean from my point of view that's where the internet comes in because i tend to we i tend to and i suppose people in my other people in my situation tend to live vicariously through you guys (laughs) i'll I'll tell you what the root of the problem is here right dragging a bloody cigar box builder away from the workbench for two days is a bloody big ask you know because addiction to bill is so bad you know after 25 years I'm still pumping stuff out, you know, and your imagination, there's always that what if question. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, if we got together once a year and just had lived that lifestyle, I mean, I, I uh, put on a whole fundraiser last year for Vic Cowan. Yeah, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll definitely chat about, uh, about Vic too. To make a, um, a documentary about playing in one string and also delivering a guitar to Watermelon Slim. Um, you know, we didn't get any builders to that, but we did get people from Sydney, Melbourne and all across the country uh, for it. But I had to run that single-handedly. Even uh, Pip and I had no idea in the morning how we were going to do the, um, the workshop on how to play cigar box guitars because we didn't have time to think about it. We just did it live. But, yeah. You know, if there's more of you guys that are around that says, look, Shane, I'll run a, a workshop on how to build them at 10 o'clock if you like. And yeah. Then someone else can say, you know, I'll run a workshop on how to play them. It, it makes it so much easier on me. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm trying to grow a massive industry across Australia on my own. Mm. Uh, mm. But how have you how have you been able to do I mean if as as we were saying you know that the, the internet's not something you've because you've been so busy and because of, of of you know of the time that you spend in the shop and building and you don't get an opportunity to use or you haven't previously had the opportunity to use the internet as much how have you been able to get the word out through word of mouth or well yeah the one thing that the shop gives you is a regular focal point mm. Now, you've got to look at, and everyone's got to look at, every guitar you sell is going to be taken home and shown to at least 10 friends. Yeah. Those 10 friends are a potential customer or word of mouth. Yeah. I've been on TV shows, two or three TV shows. Um, I, my reputation is, you know, it's all over the ABC radio at times, yeah. um, the little shop that rocks is just known everywhere. Yeah. Um, but you, I've used a, as much as the net as I could with the shop Facebook page. And um, I guess you've got to try and keep that interesting all the time for people to engage them all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I just find it takes a lot away from building. I mean, I, I'm building... When I'm buying parts, I'm buying in groups of, you know, to build 50 guitars. I'm not buying half a dozen machine heads, Yeah. you know. Um, and it's very easy. Like this week, I'm out of machine heads, so uh, everything's swinging on what I build next, yeah. you know, to pay for the next lot of machine heads. Mm. But, mm. Uh, it's certainly working it at a different level, and you've really got to be able to multiple think and multiple build at once if you're going to make um, a living out of doing it. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have your, de- your dead standard ones you can make with your eyes closed, your bread and butter guitars. Yeah. Um, it's the bar-dying stuff that you get up into that where I get the most pleasure is, uh, you know, hand-making the box and the neck and, and everything. Um, I don't get enough time to build that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's a fella on. There's a fella on the inter, in, uh, 
on the internet or Facebook, I think it's Pat Proctor is a, is a name that kind of rings a bell to me. He tends to do, uh, he's on some of the groups and things. He does a lot of the, the handmade boxes with the, um, to kind of the checkerboard effect and, and, and that type yeah, of thing. Pat and, I, uh, Pat and I are good friends and we have a, um, like a 40 year history as mates. Yeah. And, uh, when we sort of reunited after about 35 years, I told him what I was doing with the cigar boxes. And uh, Pat was always handy with woodworking, so he decided to give it a crack. And yeah. I'm really proud of where he's at after probably about two years of building. Oh, it's just he's beautiful. Been, you know, he's, and this is the, you know, for me, Adam, the difference. I'm about the traditional. Um, cigar box guitar, the humble piezo-driven box on the stick instrument, yeah. because that instrument there has, you know, it's it made and created rock and roll. It's what inspired Hendrix. Yeah. Um, everything. Um, there is a definition amongst what the modern day builders are building, and what they're building is a modern three-string electric guitar. Yeah. And that's what Pat is building. Yeah. Uh, it modelled on the old cigar box. But there is a big difference. Um, a big difference. I think... But, uh, I, I get excited every week when I see what Pat built. And yeah. uh, he's usually on the phone once or twice a week telling me what he's building and where his parts are coming from. We spend hours on the phone just talking cigar box stuff. Um, but he gets time to research. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Pat's the first builder. I have two of his guitars in the shop. Yeah. Um, I had another gentleman inquire last week, and I've checked his Facebook page out, and he does some um, some grouse stuff, which is different to what I do, different to what Pat does. We all have our own take. Yeah. On an instrument, and I'd rather have everyone's take in the shop because I I just can't keep up with building. 50 different styled instruments. So yeah. yeah. Watermelon Slim came into the shop about three years ago um, and he already had four cigar box guitars of his own. Yeah. He was the most prolific and diverse builder in the world that he'd seen to date. Because I don't just lock in on a couple of styles, I make everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you take do you take uh, special orders as well? So if someone's got a box and they say, "Oh, look, you know, Granddad handed me this box," and yeah, I get uh, a lot of people. I've just it's just taken me six months to fill the orders that I have, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on stuff like number plates that the family had on their car in Colorado 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and uh, I custom build anything. Yeah. It's kind of nervous in a way doing that. I, I, I'm uh, having boxes and things like I'm just, I'm just working at the moment on, on this one here. This is great. This is great radio at the moment, of course, because I'm showing you. So I'm, I'm currently working on that for, uh, for a bloke at the okay. moment. And that's um, one of my favorite boxes, but the problem is you just never get, like I don't, I don't get enough of the. I think in Australia it is hard sometimes to try and find some of those special boxes, and it was killing me today because it was fighting against me every 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 step of the way today. You've ever, you know you have those days. <laughs> Adam, years ago, you know, I found a guy on um, on eBay, yeah, and he must have had like ninety different boxes, and I bulk bought heaps of stuff and yeah. I've only just run out in the last year and I've gone back to his page and what used to be a $20 box is now a $40 or $50 oh, yeah. box you know what, what I could get for $40 posted here yeah. um, is now like $85, $90 it's just a, a straight rip off yeah and I, and I think it's in line with how in a way how popular um Building, you know, obviously building cigar box guitars actually has become the people are looking at it and saying, well, I can make an extra, like I can make yeah. an extra buck out of it, you know. And Adam on, on the boxes now, and that's why um, you've got to be diverse. Yeah. Um, you can and still make your product out of, you know, even if you've got to build your own boxes. Mm. You know, well, I've got, uh, like hubcaps and things like that are also a, a, another another way to go. So I've I've actually done 
I've just finished a hubcap guitar, which is the first one that I've actually done for a very good customer of mine. He's, you know, he's, he's bought he's bought three guitars off me over the last couple of years, and and uh, you know, we we I had a stash of them, and I'd never never actually done a cigar uh, cigars. I'd never actually done a hubcap guitar before, and. Bloody hell, it was great fun. I've done cookie tin ones, but I've never done a hubcap, and it was it was loads of fun. So there are there are other opportunities. See how um, what's happened there is you've locked in on making the guitars that you make and sell. Yeah. And as soon as someone gives you an order, they give you a challenge, mm. and some challenge accepted. Yeah. And you get in there and you think, God, I need to buck about more on guitar building. You know, I'm yeah. locked into building these things over here. That was so much fun. Yeah. You know, I haven't even had a chance to do a, um, a hubcap yet. I've got four sitting there waiting. Yeah. Um, but that involves having to work it all out, and I don't have that headspace. At the <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> I've got to admit, I, I, t- I, took a, I, I took a hell of a lot of, um, uh, of inspiration from... Um, Oh God! Oh, I've gone. Bl- Sorry. From Katzen. Yes. Sorry. Uh, just I, I just went absolutely blank. And what a what a great guy! And I've just I've I've tried desperately to get him on the podcast. He won't come on. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know. <laughs> but um, no, I took a lot of inspiration from him. He's 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 a great builder. He do, he does fantastic fantastic stuff too. Have you had a chat with him about getting getting guitars into the shop? No, I'm going to. Um, Catchy was always first on my list. I saw his hubcap range over at the Bendigo Cigar Box uh, Festival. Yeah. You look at his guitars and you look at the price and you think, I won't even bother making one. I'd rather have one of Catchy's at that yep. price. Oh, they're beautiful. You know? They're beautiful. I love how he paints the next. Uh, he does the speed stripes up the up the fretboard as well. He's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. He's getting so carried away with it all. It's awesome. It's infectious, isn't it? It's a very bad addiction, but it's a good addiction to have, Adam, because what the other thing you've got to realise is, like, you're getting, and this is where the guitars are fantastic for people with post-traumatic stress and stuff mm. to build a guitar and to be able to play it out of the basics mm. um, it's just the best thing you know yeah um, you at your level are, are taking care of your own stresses by l- losing yourself in the workshop environment building your guitar yeah um, so you're putting up as many guitars as you are and mm. as the industry grows there must be you know, over 10,000 builders worldwide. And if you look at a lot of them who've sold up, mm. you know, they're up to in their first hundred or so. That's yeah. a lot of people all of a sudden that are playing guitars again. That's this right. This is the biggest biggest evolution of the guitar in the history of the guitar. Mm. Never has so many people played guitar, and that's because this formula makes guitar playing accessible to anybody. And that's an important point too because I've, I've got a, a, a very, very close friend of mine I've been friends with, friends since high school um, and I've been out of touch, we've been out of touch a little bit and we've just gotten back into touch and um, he's currently going through a degenerative problem where he's losing the ability to actually do those fine motor skills of, of yeah. fretting an instrument and he's probably... Like if you think of Steve Vai and Joe Satriani as electric guitar players, he's he's one of he's someone in that caliber. He just he could play the yeah. guitar uh, like a demon and an angel at the same time. And I've had a chat with him at the moment. I'm currently building one for him at the moment, um, a fretless one because he's it is degenerative. And he was saying that there's a possibility that he may not be able to play guitar. So if it gives him the opportunity to play a slide guitar and to extend the amount of time that he's actually able to play, that's 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 an incredible that thing. That a lot, Adam. Mm. Uh, I'm getting a lot of older guitar players coming in now and their hands hurt. Yeah. You know, but they, still, they still want to be able to express themselves musically and they're, you know, they're in their 80s. Okay. And they're crossing over to sliding now, so oh, they yeah. can still play. It's yeah. a one, yeah. You know, there's so many good angles that these guitars come at and fulfil. I mean, look at Pip paralysed in a wheelchair for 20 years. Yeah. 
he, he can get he can get a screwdriver backwards and forwards on that fretboard and make it howl. Yeah, you know. Can I bear bear with me for a moment? Because I've I've terrible radio from my point of view. So, can you tell us the name of the shop first and foremost? How do we get if I want to buy a guitar? All right, from Shane. Where's the shop? What's it called? Because I, I didn't mention it at the beginning. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's all right, Adam. Look, the shop The shop is situated in Yakandanda, and it's situated on the crossroads in Yakandanda, and opposite the shop is my blues venue as well. Now, the little shop that rocks, if you're looking for it, you can find it on Facebook, the Oz Blues and Roots Music Store, Cigar Box Guitar Emporium. Uh, that's where you get us on Facebook or on Instagram, just my name, Shane Soul, S-O-A-L-L for Soul. Fantastic. Thanks, man. Sorry. I I just realised, as we were chatting... Uh, off... <laughs> uh, that's all right, mate. For the builders that uh, want to get in touch about getting their guitars in stock, my phone number is 0419 63 you'll get that off the facebook page so 0419409963 well i'll put i'll actually pop that up into the comments into the um uh into the uh, onto the um introduction page as well so um for the site and if you like would you like me to put that onto the um onto the group uh, the facebook group yeah that'll be fine adam yeah all right and uh, i think um uh, you know, I, I've been mighty lucky with the shop, and uh, I've had people like Fiona Boys and that get on board and dedicate albums to the shop that have gone on to be award-winning albums. Yeah. Um, but it's been, as a builder, I don't think the buzz gets any better than seeing your guitars being played at the American Blues Music Awards. Oh, yeah. And um, that's just been fantastic. So it, it, it's an area where what you put into it in your own marketing, all that, it's all part of a lifestyle. You don't just build them. You are a cigar box guitar man, and people want to know what you're doing. Get out there and pump it. No, that's know? it. That's it. And that's that's the idea of this. That's the idea of this podcast. It's a it's a slow and it's a slow and steady little little grower at the moment. We're building up a nice like a nice group of uh, of people who are try, who are contacting us all the time, saying, "Can we join? Can we join?" So this is just a really great way, you know, for new builders and for people interested in the music to actually meet people like yourself. And um, well, absolutely, look. If anything, I'm at probably what you'd say at the top of the industry, and. Um I'm happy to share anything, Adam. Uh, if people come into my shop, a father and son, and they can't afford a guitar, I'll teach them how to build it before they leave and give them the parts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, there is no opposition to me. It's all a group of people who've got the ability to change the world with these little guitars. Mm. You know, the musicians you make. Um, you, you know, there's, you can't do anything with money anymore. Yeah, you need to change the world with music, and this is a great instrument to do that. That's it, and that's it's. It all comes from, it all comes from from one of those, a box with things in it that'll kill you one day. <laughs> I think it's rather ironic, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do too. You know, I do get people. You know, they come up at all time and say, "Oh, you make them out of cigar boxes." Do you don't smoke them all, do you? I said, if I smoked all these cigar boxes, I'd be dead. Cigars in these boxes, I'd be dead by now. <laughs> It's the same with the biscuit tins, and I always come back with, yeah, well, I'm struggling with the Jack Daniels presentation tins at the moment. <laughs> You've got to be careful with the Jack Daniels, because I've heard of people people out there who've been doing the, um, you know, who've been using the, the, uh, the, the tins, and they've gone, oh, well, I'll pop yeah, a couple okay. out, and uh, they've been getting the old cease and desists. Probably about 18 years ago. And I had a run-in with a, um, uh, a representative from Jack Daniels, and he promptly told me that if I continued to make guitars out of their presentation tins, they'd sue my butt off for using the trademark. Uh. Uh, so I stopped doing them, and the only ones I do now are the Jack Daniels bar signs that do not have that trademark in the corner. Oh, that's interesting. Now, so there's a bit of a way around it. I did ring a, a lawyer about it, and, and I said I make them with Arnott's biscuit tins and Jack Daniels, and yeah. that lawyer said that 
he would sue if he was acting for Arnott's or Jack Daniels, he would sue my butt off. And I'm sitting at the shop one day playing my Arnott's biscuit tin, and the uh, the old couple that owned Arnott's biscuits before they sold it to America, yeah, came in the corner into the shop, and they just went, "Wow, this is the most amazing, inventive thing, creative thing we've ever seen done with our biscuit tins." Yeah. Their approach was completely different to Jack Daniels, and yeah. because they're grey nomads now, they tour around Australia and collect biscuit tins for me, and turn up once a year with a bootload of Arnott's biscuit. Tins. Oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and spend four days having a holiday in Yakandanda, and then head off again. Yeah. That's, so uh, just be careful when you know you're using stuff like Jack Daniels tins. They make superb looking guitars. The they artwork do. is is. That's perfect. Yeah, um, but you can get into trouble. Isn't it? See, the funny thing is, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? I mean, it's a second. It's a second-hand product being repurposed. The other option is it goes into into landfill. I've had arguments about it, Adam, and a lot of people are saying it's a very fine line that you're walking. Yeah. I, I just think unless you've got a good argument, stay out of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. So have, we're safe so, with. So I think so, so what you're saying is we're safe with Arnott's Biscuits tins? Yeah, you're safe with the Arnott's Biscuit tins. Well, I think I'd, I'd rather support Arnott's anyway, I think. Well, I, Adam, I had a, a, one of those weeks where I went up the shop to... Um, I wanted to put that Sterling Silver Skull on Watermelon Slim's guitar. Yeah. So I needed to go up to my jewellery workshop and Sterling Silver solder it on and... I had the shop open probably half an hour and this guy walks in and he's the uh, renowned Arnott's Biscuit Tin Collector. Yeah. And he probably has the biggest supply of them hoarded up over in South Australia there. Mm. So um, he bought all the Arnott's Biscuit Tin guitars I have in stock uh, to be my representative over in Adelaide. Yeah. And uh, he'll be supplying me with tins from now on, but at the moment I don't have any Arnott's Biscuit tins. That's uh, a <laughs> usual for me, I tell you. Well, the, the shop itself, I'm just, because, um, where, where am I here? Hang on, I'm just going to, there we go. What are we doing? What am I doing here? My computer's gone and de- gone, decided to do some very strange things. I'm not sure what it's trying to do to me. Um, here we go, that's better. You still there? Yeah, man. Oh, good. <laughs> I just sometimes when the screen goes down on the computer and you look and you think, "Oh God, I've lost him." <laughs> um, what was it? The uh, where were we at the? Um, oh, what did we? What what was it? The um, the blues store, the blues and written. No, oh, what is it? I've written all of this information down here, and it's I know it's the Cigar Box Guitar Emporium, but what was the other name that you called the, called the shop? The Oz Blues and Roots Music Store. That's it. Um, I, I recently added the Cigar Box Guitar Emporium because I thought, you, as the Oz Blues and Roots Music Store, I wasn't triggering Cigar Box yeah. people uh, in the name title. But um, my great love and passion has always been Australian blues, and that's what I want the shop to be. Well, if you um, if you pull that up, if you pull Australian. Sorry, yeah. If you pull that up, I've just gone into it on on um, on the computer at the moment on Google, and it just it just comes straight up. Oz Blues and Roots Music Store. It, it comes straight up with the Facebook page. There you are sitting sitting there playing your, your round arm at Biscuits Tin, and uh, it's. I tell you what, from the from that front picture that you've got there, it's a great looking little shop. That is great. You got what have you got in there? Look, we've normally got around. 60 guitars uh, there's a CD rack full of Australian blues performers um, and then on another wall uh, I've just got heaps of biscuit tins for people to choose their own body you know the uh, the max biscuit tins that have the um, hot rods on them and yep. chevs and all that sort of stuff for the car freaks um, I actually have a full jewellery workshop hidden in there as well, yeah. It's a tiny store, Adam, but, you know, I, I got in trouble originally from a lot of the blues people, blues hierarchy in Melbourne for building the only blues store in Australia four hours out of 
Melbourne. Yeah. But uh, people come now. I, I, I'm getting people um, every year. You can guarantee you'll get at least half a dozen customers will come from Perth. Yep. Um, you'll get at least another eight to ten from Brisbane, and probably around fifteen from over Adelaide Way. So, you know, the reputation gets out there and people certainly are quite happy to travel with their cigar box guitars. Um, So, originally when I first got the shop out of my head, six guitars, and I just thought at 50 bucks a week, this is worth a go. Uh, But um, where it is now, yeah, I want to take it that next step and, and have everyone's guitars there and... Just give me some time off. For me, it's been uh, five days a week building, two days in the shop, <laughs> knock off after those time at the shop and get back into building. Yeah. You know, I've got grandkids that have been born and are growing up. I haven't had a chance to even go and see. So <laughs> by getting another builder to come in, you know, for a week and run the shop, I can actually go and catch up with grandkids and yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, and... I don't know, I wanted to sort of be a legacy towards Australian blues and this humble instrument in this country, you know, but it's something I can't obviously keep doing on my own, I guess. Yeah, get everybody into it. Well, that's it. That's it. And it's it's a lot of it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. It's not even that. It's just it's just a hell of a lot of fun for people to, you know. It's amazing when you see see people's faces when they play something for the first time they've never played before. You stick a slide on their finger, and all of a sudden they've got a chord. Look, there's a lot of magic there, and that's you know I've, I'm not going to say I've made a huge amount of money. What I will say is that my lifestyle is bloody awesome. I never know who's coming in that shop door next. Or what they they can possibly play on the instrument, let alone, as you said, dealing with 90% of people don't know what the instrument is. So you get to give them a, a spiel on music history they didn't know anything about. And you get to light up faces when you hit those strings for the first time. You just blow their minds out, yeah. you know. So um, the shop is always fun and it is a lifestyle for me, you know. It's a lot of I fun. I any other job. You know, build guitars and sell them. Life doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, let's hear a little bit about Pip. It's Pip, isn't it? Pip, yeah. Pip rolled into the store in February last year in his wheelchair and said to me he wanted to... Um, basically buy a guitar to take to America to give to Watermelon Slim because Watermelon Slim's one had been stolen. Oh. And he also said that he could play a one-string cigar box. Yeah. And at that point, um, when he demoed, he was only just sort of half getting through things like when the saint come marching in and stuff. Yeah. And he said to me, you know, I really dream of a day where I can go to Mississippi and... Um, play with people like 8-Ball Aiken and Fiona Boys and everything. And he came back a month later and the plan was put down that he was going to try and busk his way to Mississippi and make a documentary at the same time on on that journey. And, and to highlight disability, uh, you know, what it's like to travel with disabilities and everything so there's a lot of things coming out of the the main story there um Pip put a, a fundraiser on in America and I put a whole festival on with uh Scarbox guitars and and build it as the only festival in Australia where blues was played on the original instrument yeah so uh, we raised a heap of money there and even as we speak now Adam uh, Pip is packing his bags and on a plane in the next two days to Mississippi uh, the guitar I've just finished on Friday for Watermelon Slim gets posted to Clarksdale tomorrow. Yeah. And we'll then over the next couple of next months film the documentary. Yeah. And who's going uh, with him? And his friend that's doing the documentary is some renowned uh, world-class documentary maker. So it's going to be a really good documentary. That's fantastic. That's just, yeah, and, that's going to be amazing. In the, course, in the course of that year, I um, I managed to get Pip up on stage with Fiona Boys at the Wodonga Blues Festival. Yeah. And 
and also brought him to play. On the day of the festival, I had uh, Blind Kiwi, who um, lives down Seymour Way, a builder who was playing at the Cigar Box Guitar Festivals in uh, France last year. Yeah. Um, I had him, I had Stringy Bark McDowell and Molly, I had 8-Ball Aiken, and at the end of the day, I had Dream Boogie. And at the end of the day, all of those acts got up on stage and put Pippa up out front on on centre mic and uh, got the chance to jam with some of Australia's big weights in the industry. You know, it was it was a great night for him. And I've always just thought, when I looked at Pip and I thought, well, you stuck in a wheelchair and you're dreaming to go to Mississippi, if you dare to dream that big, I'll make it happen. Because... Uh, I've never thought about going there. I'm too busy to take time off to go to Mississippi, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it's happening. And uh, I look forward to maybe even, if we're lucky, we might be able to have a festival in November and uh, debut the the doco there. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be absolutely amazing. God. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Adam, you're just giving me a flashback going back to having... Um, health warnings on the cigar box guitars. I remember Fiona up on stage with a strap and a six-string cigar box guitar on that I made, and it held the health warning on it. Yeah. Just noticed it, and she said on the microphone, this is the only guitar in the world you'll get that comes with a health warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm, I'm, don't get a lot of them with those great big the big stickers on them, you know, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, am not sure. I, I, I tend not to use the ones with the big warning on it, I suppose, but probably yeah, the, should. The, art of the gun box guitar is the art of the box, not a dead cancerous tongue, you know? No, well, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the last thing you want to say, Hey, look at this beautiful box of the art and you turn it over and there's a big old, you know, yeah. It's not necessarily what you're after. Well, and Dave, we've uh, died from AIDS, not cancer anyway, and we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the other thing is that uh, it's 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 funny, you know, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm a I'm a primary school teacher, and I'm currently working. I've I've had a cigar box guitar builder building workshop running at the yep. school. Um, uh, runs a couple of days a week with some uh, just just some kids who are a bit you know who are struggling with you know relationships and being able to build relationships with people and you know I've got a couple of the you know the little you know some Syrian refugee kids who you know have come over and they're you know they're they're by themselves basically you know they've come over with you know brothers and sisters and they don't have parents and all that sort of stuff and you know it's it's amazing it the fact that it's a cigar box. No one even cares about it. The boss, you know, I even asked the boss, I said, look, is it all right, you know, if, if I do use, you know, these boxes? Because they're, they're safer than using tin because you're not worried about the sharp sides. Absolutely. You know, they're very easy to cut because the kids can basically use just, just a very simple uh, kid-sized saw, you know, and yep. it's, it's amazing. She actually said, no, she said, look, I, I don't, you know, as long as the parents don't complain... She said, I'm not going to complain, I'm not worried about it. And, and so far, you know, we've had kids, you know, finish the course with their own cigar box guitar, you know, and taking them home. And I've had parents come up to me saying, thank you. You know, and a couple of mums came up and said, you know, thank you so much. You know, that just it's just the fact that he actually made it, um, you know, and, and we're not using frets or anything like that. They're using, you know, the poor little kids, they're using... Um, uh, Simple, Adam. Oh, yeah. Um, I um, started Beechworth Secondary College year seven and eight. Make cigar box guitars. Yeah. Uh, they they make the whole body in that. Yeah. Uh, and I was lucky. I was the cleaner there, and I got chatting with the woodworking guy. Mm. And, uh, the first year, I went over and helped them learn how to build them. And the one thing I found is the the badassest kid in school. Mm that everybody hated was the first to finish his guitar then he went and helped everyone else in the classroom yep. by the end of that whole thing everybody loved this kid yep. where before he was an outcast that's it now what, what i tried to get implemented there and 
I'm a busy man. I don't have time. I give people the ideas. What I wanted was the music teacher to then teach them how to play the guitars they built. Yeah. He didn't get that. No. Um, you know, year seven and eight, they're at that real crucial time in life. And with the drugs that are on the street and what no. these kids are dealing with nowadays, you know, to be able to hand make a guitar and come home and take your frustrations out on that guitar oh, yeah. is crucial at that age oh. well these kids just teach them how to play the thing that's, that's all I ask you know yeah well I've got the the kids that I'm working with it uh, range in age from anywhere from 8, 9 and 10 years old I don't think I've got any kids in the class no one kid's 11 sorry one kid's 11 yes. years old and they're all fretting them with bamboo skewers so I asked them, I said, do you want to use, you know, look, we can cut you off. We've got some bike poles, and, but, you know, bike seat poles. So I said, we can make a, I can, we can make some slides. So they said, no, we want it to be like a guitar. We want to have frets on it. I said, wow. all right. So I've got one kid at the moment who's advancing past those other kids, and he's now at the stage where he's, cur- he's making his own crude box. So just a very crude box, but he's building it himself. Um, yeah. You know, with with direction, um, and we're actually going to. Um, I'm actually going to organise for him to actually fret it and, and put proper fret like proper frets in. And he's yeah. one of those kids where he came in late, and you know he um, he struggles. You know, making friends, he struggles with schoolwork. But to bring him into the class, he's just shot. He's been there for I think he's been there for seven weeks, and he's ahead of all of the other kids in seven weeks. And some of the other kids have been there for a year. Wow. That's superb, but I mean, mm. and look at the therapy side that these instruments can do. Oh, it's you know, that it, it's amazing in the bigger picture how many people can benefit from one instrument. You know oh. what I mean? Um, I, I just uh, cannot believe that an instrument from the mid 1800s is so relevant in today's society. You know, well, it, it is, is because it's, it's it's anti-establishment, isn't it? It's the it's the ultimate punk instrument. <laughs> and what it does, Adam, is pull people away from their bloody telephones and their computer screens and, and demands they play it because yep. it just sits in the corner. It's a box and a stick. I dare you. Strum me. That's you it. know, you've got um, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I struggle at the moment trying, as you were saying as well, because... Getting onto those particular instruments because I mean I I've, I don't know quite a few other other builders and people like I've I don't have a a, a solid store and I don't do markets anymore because I'm just frankly just too damn tired I hate doing setup <laughs> I'm just too tired to to do it but with myself I'm doing like I've got various different ranges just like yourself um, and at yep. the moment I'm struggling to be able to get back to doing the stock guitars which are the yep. things like the piezo or the piezo, you know, uh, fretless ones, and the and, and they're just your simple, the you know, yeah. the simple instruments. And I'm dying to kind of get back to that. Um, and you know, it's it's hard sometimes, but they're lovely. So what, what I was what I was getting at was, it, it's it's those guitars that you know that 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 suck suck me in, and they're just they're still cool. It's just straight up rawness that's stick in a box. And to me, it's the introduction instrument. People from there will go on to ordering stuff with pickups once they've learned to master that simple version. That's it. That's exactly right. You know. Um, I I mean, do you do do you do much with six strings at the moment? Six string guitars? You building solid bodies at all? No, I. I haven't got back there, Adam. I've got uh, four boxes and four necks half built for the last two years on six string. The guitar I made, Fiona, is the first one. Yeah. I've got the second one. There's four others in the shed half built that I've never got around to yeah. getting back to. You know? uh, yeah. And that's what I'm well, I, I'm bouncing my- at the moment because I'm going. I'm going in between. I'm going in because I started building electric guitars, six-string electrics. I built a couple of electric guitars, uh, and then I had a, a nasty fallout with a, a guy on uh, a guy on Facebook, and it kind of burnt me for, for six-string guitars. It was really a, a, a disturbing kind of reaction, and um, and I 
I came back to the to, to building through cigar box guitars, yep. and the reason that one of the reasons I got back into it was because when I was learning, I, like I, I'd never done woodwork in my life before. I taught myself how to build a couple of electric guitars, you know, and the first one was complete. Yep. You know, first one, first one's still sitting over there in pieces at the moment. You know, because I, I, I built it, it worked. You know, I had the bridge in the wrong position initially. I was, oh hell, I'm a half inch out. Okay, I figured that out. All right, so it was a learning experience. It took me a year to build that guitar. The next guitar yep. took me six months, and uh, you know, and I played around with with the electrics for a while, and then I was talking to people, guitar builders, electric guitar builders on Facebook, and a, so many of the electric guitar builders were just, oh, you're just trying to steal my ideas. You're trying to steal my ideas, and I it it took a long time. To, to get back in contact with electric guitar builders because I found that cigar box guitar builders were, oh, look, I've done it this way. Look at how I've done that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, there's a lot of sharing happening. And it's only through, um, I suppose, one of the reasons that, I, that I, I'm doing this podcast is because of a group of guitar electric guitar builders in the states and i always come back to these guys because i try and give them props because I'd, I'd love for people to to go and listen to their podcast as well and it's the the uh and i'm you know i'm a um i'm a patron of theirs i you know i, I send a couple of bucks over to keep them going because i just believe in 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 what they do but they are about sharing and i think it's changed i think it has changed a bit now whereas there's a lot more people are realizing that because of the internet you know you kind of you can see if people are sharing, if people want to give. And I think it's people like you that pull more people in. Well, like when they find you and they hear about you and they hear about the fact that it's not just about making the buck. It's, it's, and let's be honest, it is a bit about making the dollars because you've got to keep the doors open and you've got to keep food on the table. But yeah. it's, all about, it's also about giving something back. And I, um, I was very impressed when Mark kind of Mark mentioned your name, I think we were talking to. It might have been a couple of weeks ago. I think we were talking to. Might have been talking to Nigel McTrustry, and um, and they mentioned your name, and I thought, yeah, I've seen that name. I've, I've seen that's when I that's when I looked you up, um, and I kind of wish that I'd I'd found you. You know, a good three years ago when I got into this, because I think you know I could have learned a lot from 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 what you do and you know and that type of thing. So I suppose that's one of the reasons that I do this podcast uh, is because I do want people to kind of look at people like you and see people like you and realise you know what it's okay to give, it's okay to you know it's and it's all right to make a dollar. I was very excited about talking to you because the idea of having a shop for me is is for me it's the goal it's kind of moving away from teaching is moving into trying to do this full time and like I'm very honest and I'm very open so the idea of having a chat with someone like yourself uh is it shows that you can do this it's not it doesn't just have to be you know it doesn't just have to be a hobby you can do it you know, and there's people look, like you, you that share and, and, and let's, let's look at this right I spent um I spent 20 years selling selling silver jewellery at festivals and markets. And it sucks getting up at 5 in the morning, mm. setting up your stall, then waiting for everyone to come. And it's all right to say it's only a half day on a Sunday, but by the time you pack up, you're buggered. Oh. You know, from dealing with all those bloody stupid questions. <laughs> and I get builders come into the shop and they're very tentative you know, they say, oh, I don't want to buy one. I, I actually build my own, and I welcome them yeah. with open arms because I'm going to talk to another builder. Yeah. And but, then they'll say, look, I've got one in the car. I'll yeah. bring it out. And they just sort of come straight out, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I love seeing other people's mm. builds because it's something I haven't built. Yeah. You know? Only thing I ask um, when something like that happens is the people are open and honest about it. Because I think if you're open and honest about it, I want to give. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, if if someone's being a bit sneaky and a bit, little bit, I always wonder why. Like, you know, I've always had an honest face myself, and like, if, if I I feel, hey, look, if you if you want to ask questions, 
I'm the same as you, mate. Ask a question. If you want to find out how to, how to do it, I'll show you how to do it. But just be honest with me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Adam. And, and, you know, you do have the biggest killer of anything are the people with the egos, yeah. you know, that think you're fantastic. And that happens in, in you know, electric, six-string electric areas and cigar box areas, but there's a lot more... Um, honesty behind being a cigar box builder I think yeah Yeah, I think as well because it is that um, you know because it is a cottage industry in many ways uh, where it's not you know there isn't the big money in it for some places and for some it's what we're it's what you do strive for let's face it it's you do want to be comfortable don't you you know you don't it would be nice to be able to you know to to you know to 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 run uh, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it's isn't it? Isn't it? The reason we got into this in the first place was because it was it was fun. I don't think anyone gets into cigar box guitar building because they want to make a million dollars. I've had a few there. I've had to put back on track, Adam. They they walk in and all they see is um, uniqueness and a chance to make money. Mm. You know, it's like guys, this isn't about money. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's, I'm lucky enough, Adam, I get up in the morning, while I'm having my cup of tea, I'm putting the first things together on the workbench for yep. the day. I build guitars all bloody day. On the weekend, I get to sit at the shop and meet really grouse people. It doesn't get any better in life. Yeah. You know, bills are paid. Um, I don't want anything with money, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, there's more to this world than than what everyone's doing, collecting money. Actually, meeting people and interesting people is is perhaps that's the, that's where that's where the wealth lies, isn't it? Before well, we go, I think, no, I've got um, customers who are shortly going to Adelaide, but the amount of customers that want me to stay the night on route yeah. is incredible. You make lifelong friends with your honesty with this instrument, you know. Yeah, I could pretty much travel around Australia and not pay accommodation anywhere at this point. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now, we've come to a good time. I've got two questions to ask you before we go. Well, not two All questions, right. but two, two things, two things we want to know. All right, so as far as cigar box building is concerned, what's your secret weapon? Yeah. What's your se- What's your secret weapon? I, I actually think, Adam, keep it simple. <laughs> and if something mucks up, run with it. Yep. Because um, what I found, uh, Ted Crocker put up a post the other day saying how he'd made a mistake. Yep. I sell my mistakes. Yep. I go bugger it and throw everything and start again. You know, I, I, one day there I had half a dozen artists biscuit tin lids turned upside down and all I had to do was drill the sound hole from the back. Being cocky, I didn't want to turn them over. <laughs> what I've done, no, I, all I had to do was drill for the pots. Oh, is that the one where the pots are on the top of the guitar and not, and the, not the bottom? And found out I put them on the top side of the lid instead of the bottom side. I knew and you did that. Because they're, they're for a pot that's got to be off centre. So you know what I did? I went and grabbed the the big drill bit and bored them out and just put one of those dirty big grummets of giddies in there yep. and make it look like it had one off-centre sound hole in the guitar. That's super. In a week, you know, and it's like, ooh. That's Other super. will be going on the forum page, what do I do, what do I do? Well, you could have made a couple of lefties too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, lefties, lefties muck with my head, mate. Oh, just, I'm the same. I'm the same, especially I, I, when they're fretted. Watermelon, Watermelon Slim's guitar is a left-handed strung right. Oh, God. Yeah. I went from two on its biscuit tin lids because I kept putting the pickups at the wrong end of the lid. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it does mess with your head. And the problem is you can't – it's very difficult to tell. I always get worried when I post them off because I, cause I don't get that opportunity to actually play them, really play them before I actually send them off. So I try and yep. flip them and play them. I flip them – to, to right hand and then try and play them upside down and I've actually gotten partially good at doing that <laughs> well this is water, this is watermelon's secret 
Yeah. He strings it upside down. He's a left-hander, but he strings it for right. So he's playing the strings in reverse anyway. Yeah. That's his secret. That's, that, that's got to mess with your head. <laughs> well, Shane, thank you. Thank you so much, mate, for, um, for, for seeing us on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know we, we only got in t- contact with you last week, so uh, it is short notice, but um, I, I greatly appreciate chatting to you. Please stay in touch with, uh, with us. Um, well, I'm always, I'm always out there. I, I, um, you know, I only quickly sort of brushed through the forum pages in my news feed and put a comment in here and there, but um, I like to be invisible, I think, you know. <laughs> well, it's worked uh, for you. It's worked for you so far. It's 24 hours a day thinking about the next half a dozen builds I've got on the workbench and, and what I can do, you know. So I, I, I've gone into my own recluse of cigar box guitar building. <laughs> if people want me, they'll call and I'll answer. Other than that, I'm building. Good on you, mate. Good on you. And I think that's a great place to leave it today, mate. All right. All the best to you, buddy. And I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'm just going to we'll pause it here. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Cigar Box Guitar Builder podcast. Um, we've had Shane Solon and uh, his awesome store, The... Oh, Blues and Roots Music Store, Cigar Box Guitar Empire. This has been Adam Harrison from Birdwood Guitars. You can find Birdwood Guitars bloody well everywhere, let's face it. And, um, mate, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, don't forget, sign up, become a patron, try and keep the food on the table and try and, um, try and get us a new microphone because this bloody phone's going to wear out one day. All right, all the best to everybody. Take care and see ya.